coming up on The Medicine Podcast. What did you go through that made you believe something that is the lie to who you are, but you believed it so much that it created what we'll call a physical manifestation designed to scare you so much that the only way that you get beyond it and transcend it is for you to just have a, you have another chance. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And then if you can answer from here, this is not scary. There is no lens of suffering of perception and you really will move beyond or, or level through level up through something that would have terrified an old you. And even the worst thing you have ever gone through, there is a you that goes through it on the other side and goes, thank you for that. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I have my glorious partner in life and love and podcasting and all the things with me here. What is going on, everybody? We are back on the Medicine Podcast and I'm really excited today for this one. Uh, we've got a, a new friend that we've been introduced to and in prep for this episode have been listening to some of his content and absolutely resonating with it. You know, articulating things that many of us have felt in a way that I think can be better understood. Welcome to the Medicine Podcast, Pat Mahan. So glad you're here, my friend. Thank you so much. So grateful to be here, really honored and uh, and excited to get into it with you guys. I love you guys and I appreciate this. Yeah, we're excited. It's going to be a fun conversation. The first question that we ask every guest on the Medicine Podcast is, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? Well, for asking me that question in this moment versus other moments in my life previous to this moment is kind of what brings the the clarity to to the answer I'm going to give. Because if you asked me this previously, I would say that it was very much externally based, that the things that I loved the most were, you know, the pursuit of, you know, this achievement, the pursuit of this goal, the accumulation of this many things, you know, anything that I could present to the world to show that I was all of the things that I didn't think I actually was. Um, and I said back then that those would be the things that would allow me this ultimate freedom in my life. If I had these things that, that I'd be free. And so now I would answer after a, a, a continuous and, and ever flowing journey, but to the point where I am now, the answer is that I've, I've found perspective on that desired external state to the point where having or not having those things don't affect my internal freedom or state of being to the degree anywhere near that it used to. And that level of kind of inner freedom that gets reflected in the external experience is something that I'm here in my own way to kind of try to wake others up to. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm the most grateful for is, is that in all of the times where I did not believe that there was a perspective to be found on things that I was struggling with, or, you know, a freedom from an addiction to something, or some idea of something having a certain power over me and how I felt and what I said and what I did, you know, the depth that we can find ourselves in that kind of a of an egoic mind, personal mind hold that that I, with persistence and with clarity and with kind of this resistance to or resilience to the moments that you find yourself in, you can find clarity on anything and perspective on anything. It's kind of like when you blast out of the personal mind and its story, there's like the unified universal mind of what what I kind of call collective truth, not my truth or your truth. It's, it's beyond the personal mind scope of being able to grasp it, but it's always there. So that is the thing that I've, I've been just so interested in and been searching for and, 
to the degree that I found it now, I would love to kind of share anything that could help anyone who's stuck in those loops, experience an existence beyond the personal mind's limited story, really. Mm. Yeah. So it's like freedom from the inner world stories, whether they are true or not, and understanding that your internal reality, your internal experience doesn't have to be dictated by your external reality or circumstances. Right. So I kind of like to kind of say in a way, like, imagine like a first paradigm experience, and then like an awakening to a second paradigm experience. So the first one is kind of where you're you're navigating life and you're just this blank screen of awareness, right? It's before you've even learned your own name. So like as far as self-realization and the levels that a, a human experience has this labeling ourself, the first one is like, your, the, they call it the gross body identification, right? So your body, your physical body, it's the first thing you identify life yourself as, or ego would identify you and say, me, if we were on a lineup and we were kids, and there was an adult, you don't know your name yet. And they're like, you, 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 everyone's kind of pointing to themselves, right? Me, me. So the, the I identify the lowercase I, the ego, first thing it does is say me. And when you, when you think that this is you and, and you're a separate thing from you, and then I'm separate from you and I'm separate from you. Like I'm, I'm my own identified thing. And then the next level of this is the, like the, this, this identification to your personal mind. So it's the first day you, you learned your name. Right. So they're like, Pat. And I'm like, no idea. I have no idea. What you're <laughs> but over time and repetitions, yeah. it says Pat. And there's one day where I go, Pat. And then the story of me begins. And that story of me is my it's it's my own little version of my own subjective experience of the blank, meaningless screen of reality. Right. And I don't mean meaningless in negative connotation. Just we apply the meaning. So it, as we're developing the story of ourself, it's I am good. I am bad. I am sad. I am lonely. I am separate. I am a victim. I am, you know, whatever. And then ego will go out of its way and kind of create this world, this inner world of our personal mind. And the more that we are attaching our sense of self to that, then the more we live unconsciously, I would say, to the depths that we could even imagine from that story. And it's that part of us remembers everything. So it has a, an entire arsenal to use against you when you're trying to move beyond it. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly saying like, I, and then you're constantly saying like, well, me, the story of me. And it's kind of like, it's an experience where in the first paradigm, you're, you are experiencing reality as a separate self in a separate body. Therefore, the, the laws of cause and effect apply that the cause is outside of me. Because if I'm separate from reality and life in this experience, then so is it separate from me. Therefore, as I see things and perceive things happening that seem to be or appear to be outside of my control, I then am therefore the victim of it. So the first paradigm is cause and effect is like things in the external reality, they affect my internal reality. I do not seem to be able to control this because it is what it is or I am what I am in the story of me. And so therefore, I must try to control or manipulate my external circumstances and those forces to look a certain way so that I can finally yep. be okay. And this is where like that, that, that search for a desired result outside of our own sense of self to give us that, that, that freedom or that space. So in the first paradigm, I believe that we create so much momentum by believing that these things have power outside of us by denying ourselves, right? But this is the unconscious, right? We don't know. We are 
unaware, asleep to, unconscious. It's not right or wrong, not good or bad. It's just whatever your story is, whatever the projections were, whatever you accepted yourself as, even if someone else was saying horrible things and your best friend turned their back on you and did all these things, like if you believe it, then you accept it and you kind of like put that on as your mask. You walk around and you try to, again, do things to get love or acceptance from other people or do things to like, I feel bad. So therefore I have to do this thing in the world so that I can manage my, my inner state. And eventually I believe by design that that energy, that momentum, that lack of knowing who we are, because I, I kind of fall under, fall under the idea that this is a game and we're here to realize that it, I don't, I don't know anything beyond that. I don't yeah. claim to, but for my life and my journey, what I've realized even in the most serious disconnected, like really sad, depressed or rageful states, finding a perspective beyond that. I'm like, of course the heck, like hindsight being 2020, right? Like, of course that wasn't, ah, right. Like even when I was in it. So I've gone through that enough times for myself that I'm very confident that I believe that it's tricky to use the word game because if anyone's listening to this suffering, I don't mean to downplay that at all. Because I know what it's like to be in it, but but what I want to do, what I want to do, is bring a little bit of levity to it. Because the more you fight that it's not maybe that, the more you're fighting for that limitation, and it, that's exactly what it wants. So I don't mean to kind of like lessen the intensity, but I do want to say that even in my most intense moments, through some things that I said I would never find perspective on, it showed up when I let go, and then I was like. Of course, that's exactly what that was doing. So it seems like there is this journey to realize your sense of self. And it kind of follows patterns and paths and loops that present itself subjectively in exactly the way that you would need it to roll out, given to you exactly the way you need it by the version of you who's done it already, so that you can evolve to what that level of being and consciousness is in the world. It, it, you, your highest self, which is not separate from the source of the whole thing knows everything you need to kind of move into whatever you want to be or who you truly are from a state of being not what you're doing in the world not if you're like a mechanic or a podcaster or like a mentor like who you are being doing whatever you're doing yeah so so that that idea that we can kind of grasp that in the external world falls flat every single time and will suffer to the to believing the lie that there's something more powerful outside of you that has an ability to control your inner state. That's why like these dark nights of the soul, or if somebody's breaking down and they lost everything, like, again, this sounds so rough, but like, good. The best yeah. thing that ever happened to me was when I lost everything that I thought had some ability to make me look a certain way in the world to get some approval from my dad or to like have enough money to stand in a conversation with people who I really knew were better than me. Like, good that you lost all that because I finally was like, now what? Like, And that's where you kind of get into the within part. You realize there's this whole other thing and start to really allow yourself because what else are you going to do? You know, you're living in an apartment under a bed holding onto the toilet because you are you can't even fathom what's happening. But that's the, the illusion breaking down. So the next part of this is shifting into the other end of cause and effect and the second paradigm where you realize like, you are the source of this that you are the cause and that if you can allow yourself to maintain that state of being as the cause connected to the source through everything that would scare the hell out of the old versions of you because you're sending it to you to see how you do. You want patience? Great. You don't just get this thing called patience. If you were not patient 
and you have an issue with patience and you want to be patient, you're going to get a bunch of scenarios yep. where you get to show and prove to yourself mm-hmm. that you're pa- it's not as ma- like always magical as people are trying to like, oh, I just will have this added on to me or bestowed. Like, no, you're here to prove to yourself that you're the thing you say you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's the journey. And it can be really shitty because like if you ignore the hints to let's just mm-hmm. say patience to learn patience that loop the loops you're talking about it comes back around with a little more like fervor yeah it'll be a little yeah. more inconvenient the next time it starts as a whisper yeah. and then gets louder. yeah and and even like dark nights of the soul which you know i've claimed to have had in my life and i've similarly worked through them and looked back on them and been like wow best thing that could have happened to me absolutely yeah. but i yeah. still as i go through challenge in life experience suffering with the knowledge and awareness that there's probably something beautiful on the other side of this but still don't want the suffering yeah i still hate the suffering so yeah so this is another part that it's tricky for me uh even and again i try to i work on this every day you know like this is what i what i what i do um and when you're in it it is just it's like when you're in a bad mood you don't remember all the times you were in a good mood, right? Yeah. But the second like yeah. a good mood flows in, you're like, well, I was in a bad mood. What are you talking about? Like yeah. it, it shows you like the state you are in is the reality you're perceiving. It's 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 your projection onto the screen. So there's an interesting thing when we talk about like suffering, right? Versus uh, discomfort or like an uncomfortable state. Um, even things that are being perceived as unwanted, um, like the cocoon phases of a lot of these things and separate, you know, emotional pain, depression, like all these really heavy things that people automatically apply the label to suffering, suffering. But there's two different uh, examples of how you can maybe shift the perspective on the word. Because remember, the word is twice removed from what is actually happening. I mean, if you wrote out the word suffer on the thing, like that word is not suffering. It's just a word, right? It's just right. letters. And figured out a way to say it. And even the word itself, suffer, like we kind of made that up, like to do the best we can to, yeah. but if you go beneath the the letters and beneath the word to like, well, what does that mean? Forget the word. What does that mean to suffer? And then a lot of people automatically are like, well, it means I feel this certain way. I have this thing happening and it looks like this is going to be removed or it looks like this change is occurring. And I don't know if I'm ready. And this is just, it's keeping me up nights. I'm suffering. Right. Um, But if you can look at like even uh, say, say an athlete or someone, right? So you have this me- mental and physical, uh, uh, you know, variant here. And then you have this conscious experience of a sense of self. And if your old sense of self was that of victim and suffering, then it's designed to continue to try to have that be in your awareness, in your, in your awareness. So if you look at like the moment that's being manifested right now, just as another buzzword, you, if you can imagine that, because you're kind of using like there's a past, right? Your personal mind and past. Anything that was ever you that you're referencing in your personal story, like I don't know it, you do, right? And so in order, it, so it doesn't exist unless you give it your attention. Does that make sense? Like as far as existence and power in the moment that you're in. So that would mean that if you lost all concept of your past and your personal sense of self and story, then there's a good chance that you might be perceiving the thing you're saying you're suffering through and not have that story. Right. Like if you and I walked through something or a trail or who knows, whatever, we're walking somewhere and we get to the end of this destination and you're like, that was just terrible. Ridiculous. That was the worst. This. Did you see this? And did you see this? And did you see this? 
And I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you like? What are you talking? But we we could be locked in arms, like walking through. So depending upon what we've told our mind, we want to see, mm-hmm. right? And the story about why we say we want to see it because it's just there's some payoff. It's justifying something, right? Like you can't be a victim if there's no villain. So if you have a victim story, then you're going to walk around and look for all the villains to to justify why you feel the way you feel. And the story that's going to perpetuate that we'll call suffering. So while you're moving out of that state and trying to find a sense of self that does not attach to or agree with or align with the victim anymore, you're still going to be presented with, I call them like final bosses. You're going to be presented with things that would have been brought to your attention because there's momentum. So like, like an athlete that's training for something, right? They're, they're dying. There must like, you don't get much more suffering than somebody who's like, right? Like they're, so there's somebody that doesn't want to be the gym, at the gym or was forced to be at the gym or is doing it for somebody else. And this, this same motion, like th- that suffering, the, the yeah. lens in which they are viewing that, the reason they're there, why it's happening. I just don't understand. Why am I even doing that? That that story is suffering. But the, the same act is happening in the world as somebody who is like really excited about training for a race. They know that that breakdown and that entropy is positive and it's going to rebuild and I can't wait. So now they're experiencing the same thing in reality, which is a blank slate. The lens of self-perception that is feeding the story that is either suffering or like empowerment or, you know, awakening, that's up to us. So it's it's similar. I, I tell a story to a lot of a lot of um like people in calls. I'm like, imagine eating something that you don't like, right? It doesn't to you, it doesn't taste good, right? You just have something, and you're like, I don't think I like that. I'm like, well, try it anyway. And then you taste it. Now you are aware of a, a taste that doesn't you don't like it, right? right. You're aware of it. You're like, mm. But now imagine somebody that's like, oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever <laughs> tasted in my life. Yeah. Oh, geez, like what? Like none of that has to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. all like filter. That's all like you're putting yourself in this suffering state. Mm-hmm. But I've eaten to test this. I've been like, all right, give me something that I know that I can't stand. And then I'll eat it. And I'm just like, I feel all the same things, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to eat this again. Yeah, but I'm fine. Does that make sense? Like I'm just, yeah. I'm just not gonna yeah. eat that again. I don't prefer that. So the st- once you kind of get into the like, okay, I'm the source of this thing. I don't have to do anything that I used to do. Who am I? What am I? Who am I being in this scenario? Regardless as to what the scenario is, who am I being? And then from that, who am I being? It's what's the story I'm telling. The next part is like you can be aware of the old story, and just like the bad taste in your mouth, just go, huh. Like you can do that. It's it's like some there, people who are struggling right now are going to be like, bro, but you can, you can listen to the worst things you've ever said and just listen to it. And when you know that it's not you, it's a personal mind that you've been identified with. And it's actually designed to keep you safe because you're more terrified of getting outside of that predictable past story. than you're, you're so needing to stay in that because it's something you're familiar with, even if it's suffering. Yeah. Then letting go of that and trusting something, this higher source outside of you that isn't outside of you, but you were told it is. So therefore it's scary to trust it because you think it's separate from you. But when you realize it's not separate from you, it's actually you all the way up the line, wherever you go, there you are. Now all you need to do is build trust within yourself. And the more you go through these scenarios, showing who you're being, building trust within yourself showing yourself that you are that which you say you are, it takes the entire first paradigm out of it. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You don't have to worry about what anyone else is thinking. You don't have to validate yourself to anyone else. You don't have to do anything 
that you used to do to get the thing you thought you needed from a person that is not here to give it to you. Yeah. So it, it takes so much pressure out of out of the experience of your day and your moment when you're just realizing that this is a you to you game. And the more you can fill yourself up with these, these truths beyond your personal mind, the one truth that we all have access to, then you you realize, even though there's a process of like building that faith and that trust and that guidance and really like letting go when it's challenging, um, it proves itself every time. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's only to the degree that I'm hanging on yeah. that it doesn't show itself. Yeah. 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 Did you know that Mushy Love Latte contains three to five times more organic mushrooms per serving than almost any other mushroom product out there? How did we do this? Well, we started with the question, how do we get the most mushrooms possible packed into each scoop and still make it delicious? It took us a while, but the result is a whopping one gram of chaga and tremella in a mixture that tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll. To support robust immunity, glowing skin and hair, and overall cellular hydration. All organic ingredients, no weird fake sweeteners, and our mushroom growers have over 40 years of experience. They are OGs in the mushroom industry. We weren't interested in creating anything but the best for you guys and ourselves. Grab a bag of Cinnamon Swirl Mushy Love Latte at GetMushyLove.com and you can use the discount code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, just for being a valued listener of the podcast. Enjoy. There's so many things I want to come back to. Uh, I know, we're jumping in the deep end right now. I love it. Uh, nature of the oneness that you've you've uh, described or or even like spiritual bypassing, which is something that came up for me as you were explaining just the integration of that that story or that past self, if you will. Um, but first, maybe let's layer some context. What do you, what do, you do in the world today? Uh, you're a really awesome podcast. Let's let's share the fact that you are an incredible host to a badass podcast. Um, and then your journey is powerful. It's beautiful. So if we can spend a few minutes just unpacking the journey, a little bit of the context, um, and then we'll jump back into some of these juicy spots. Yeah, yeah. I've- Absolutely. Um, so what I what I do now is I do I host the podcast, the Like Attracts Like podcast, and I do um, mentorship programs and kind of like one on one integration or groups with kind of humans who run the same path, like an awakening journey, we'll call them, or a self realization journey. Um, so that's pretty much what I what I'm like doing now. I do it with my wife Gina, who is uh, just an amazing soul and a very very intricate part of this journey as well. And proving out a lot of these, you get who you're being. Uh, not what you want kind of a scenarios. And then ultimately through who you're being, you find out that you do get what you want. She's a big uh, pivotal role in that. Um, but my my journey started out uh, as far back as I can remember with just a deep, deep disconnect. That's the best way that I could describe it. Just a, a disconnect with a, and a feeling of uh, a not belonging or a not understanding um, that I believe many people kind of think we come here with it. And I think it's also by design. And I think that people who say that they don't or haven't come here with it, I believe that that's their journey because there's a there's a thing that happens where when someone doesn't have some of the right, contrast, right? When someone doesn't have some of the struggles that many of the people in the awakened community have had, that's their struggle. Mm-hmm. So it's reversed. I can't identify with y- you. What happened? My life is all right. Like, I don't, why am I struggling? Yeah. Right. So now it's guilt and it's shame. It doesn't matter. It's the, it's the energy of guilt and shame and not enough. 
or, or I don't belong or abandoned. Whatever that is, I believe it is just we just get inserted and it comes down here and it's the catalyst that allows us to start going on the journey externally to find the internal, right? So mine was heavy. And uh, my dad was a police officer. Um, my mom was kind of like worked from home, had a couple of jobs. My sisters are much older than me. So what ended up happening was around seven years old, my mom got sick, cancer. And it was a, a seven year journey of just in remission, out of remission, home, lose your hair, chemo, like craziness, right? Now I went to Catholic school, love all of the the, the better messages and all of the ideologies, but a lot of confusion for a seven-year-old who, you know, I believe my mom was a, an awesome human, you know, and I'm being taught that good things happen to good people. And I'm being taught that there is a, you know, some it's a separate at that point, I was taught it's a separate thing. It's not of you, it's in you, but don't worry about that part. Um, and it's, it's just this amazing, you know, giving, loving God. And, and I'm watching my mom literally disintegrate in hospice care in my living room. And, you know, I was different from all of my friends. They could go out and play. I couldn't have friends over because I couldn't go in the house because mom's dying. Like a lot of conflict and contrast, right? And so that, that, that just conflict with everything that I was being taught and the fact that I went to a school that was like, this is all you knew, right? So any, now it's, I'm learning that in this all inclusive teaching, you know, uh, school of love and non-judgment and forgiveness, there, there seemed to appear to be the other. This was my first introduction to the other. And the other was, oh, there's kids that went to private, uh, like a regular school and they don't, they don't go to church every Sunday and they, they have like, so there was like this other thing and they were looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have the same, you know, so I'm like, you guys, don't you guys see what you're doing? Like from a very young age, I'm like, don't you guys see like oh, yeah. what you're doing? You're doing the same thing that you're saying not to do. And you're doing it in the name of the thing that you're doing it for. Like that doesn't make, so from a young age, I was just confused and I didn't really have anyone to kind of, to, to go to. I didn't know who to talk to because the, the source of where my confusion was like, what were they going to tell me? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm K through uh, college yeah. at Christian school and Presbyterian, and uh, both of us went to Christian school our entire life. Questions in front of the class that are that are uh, yeah. seeming the- impossible to answer, except that the Lord acts in mysterious ways. That's it. So that's why I was like, "Hey, hey, me and Pat Mahan, yes, Mahan. Um, why is my mom disintegrating in my? You know what I mean? Like she's a good person. Like she takes me to church every Sunday." Can you explain like, like here, if I showed you a picture, you'd run like, why is this happening? Oh, because of course there's no answer right at that level or at most levels of like the human experience until you really kind of hit certain levels, which most people don't stay at in order to know that even that there's a perspective, but a young kid, like trying to listen to other humans who weren't doing it. Like, that's the thing. Like your message is not terrible. You're, there's no humans doing it that I'm aware of here. So you're trying to tell me something, but you don't understand it because you're not doing it. So like, I just felt a lot of that in my personal experience. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but in my personal experience, I had that heavy. And so it led to all of these questions. Now, my mom passed away when I was 14, almost 15. And there was a, there was a tremendous amount of, uh, of relief, mm. which is also confusing and terrible when you're a 15 year old and you're seeing someone suffer and struggle and you were like really looking at mortality in that way. And then you have your questions of like this higher power and like, wait, so we don't apply. And now I have this terrible guilt and shame because there was a part at the end where I'm like, I just, just go. 
Mm. Take her. This is terrible. This is terrible. And there was part of it that I like wanted her suffering to end. And selfishly, there was part of me that kind of wanted to just be a kid, you know, and like get back to it. Yeah. So this isn't getting better. When does this end? And that's just something that took me a long time to to really resolve also. But the same thing resolves it, but it doesn't appear that way like on the journey. You know, the same connection to the same thing resolves all of these things. But for me, I kind of went the long way around. And so once that happened, I noticed that my family went bink, and split. They and, and you know, and so this is where a lot of the pointing the finger outside. I am this way because of these things happening. So like my dad kind of did his own thing at the time where I felt maybe we should have all pulled together. My one sister was basically my mom's caretaker and was like, I have done so much. I'm out. She was 20. Like, go. You know what I mean? My other sister wasn't even living at home. She had some things going on with herself, you know? Um, so I found myself 15, kind of raising myself and just going wild, doing anything that I could to find whatever relief that I could. And then I noticed an interesting thing happened where I, I found this unbelievable craving for like my my old man's attention. Mm. And then that turned into literally anyone's attention. And so from this place, now this goes back, I always thought my mom was like the issue, but it goes back further than that to this disconnect that I felt even well before my mom was sick, like just not fitting in. I'm like, oh, wow, I was so focused on this. I didn't even go all the way back. So inside just this, I'm not enough. I don't fit in. I need to perform in order to be accepted. And it just started this whirlwind of me trying to like, uh, I was I raised motocross in my life and it was like, be the best that I can be here. Do this. And it seems it's so accepted in the world and in, in the unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's so accepted that like, I'm like, am I doing good? Am I doing good? Am, do, you, do you love me now? Do you love me right. now? Like right. from the place. And it just, it just built and it built and it built. And I was like, it's, it's this thing like the, when I get that, then I'll be, mm-hmm. I just did not give up on that. Like no matter how many times I'd get it, because I got it every time, like I got it every time, meaning like there was a point in me in my journey in this part that I was like speaking, teaching manifestation, like you'll get it. But then like there was another clarity that was just like, don't do that. Uh, Not yet. You know what I'm saying? Like you're still doing it to get and it doesn't matter how good you are at it. The lesson will always be the lesson. And until you learn the lesson, then you can never actually own or have or enjoy anything Mm. because it's always going to have some weird power over you. So it doesn't matter how many techniques you're using to manifest this fact that you're even doing that is contradicting what you are here to be right totally i i went on that uh that journey of just more money and more houses and more things and more achievements and more and honestly no one no one cared and so that's just at that point reflecting the i don't care about me so since i don't care about me i'm willing to do anything to see if you care and that can't be but in the beginning i just i'm just going at it and ultimately everything crumbled uh, you know, one, one, my biggest motocross title, my dream come true, literal number one plate in the district championship. Like this whole thing, four days later, broke my leg mm. in an accident, in motocross accident, broke my leg. I was working at a bank, which I hated, but like lost my job. Couldn't work. That was in 2008 with the recession, lost everything. My houses. I mean, it just fell apart. Um, oh. the beginning of like a marriage about to crumble. And then I started, I never done a drug in my life. And then I started like like I became addicted to painkillers for like a decade. And that led me to all these other chemicals and all these other just chasing this thing. Yeah. And the more I chased, the lower I got. And the lower I got, the more I worshiped the thing that I was chasing to bring me out of it. Mm-hmm. And then that wouldn't do it. So it, like it just it changed money, cars, drugs, all these things. And then I found uh 
psychedelics. I found like some, some had some amazing DMT experiences and some mushroom experiences and some higher conscious meditation, just regular sober meditation experiences like on my own. And, uh, and I started to really do the within thing because there was a part of me and a voice that was like, you're not going to do this again. Meaning like there was a part where I was like, all right, we, the millionth time we dust ourselves off. We go find another girl that's going to do that. And we can find it more houses and more money. We'll right. do it. And then we'll get everything back. We'll do it. We'll get everything back. So it's like this, this, the voice of my past that again, it was designed to keep me safe because I thought I had to do these things to get to be somebody in the world. So it was like my personal trainer, but from like this real negative victim state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hungry ghost. The hungry ghost. Like, you could do it again. Come on. And I was just like, no, no way. Not this time. I'm exhausted. No more hamster wheel. No more anything. That's where like the deepest, darkest. And I, that's a perception thing also, because they were great now that I look back on them. But at the time, they were the deepest, darkest, saddest, rageful, and everything that I ever felt that I had inside that was helping me try to get rid of it or outperform it or outwork it or out achieve it. Like they're still in there, no matter what you do in the external world in the first paradigm, those things are still, they, they need to come out and be resolved and transmuted so that, that you kind of like, I say the word integrate, but it's, it's more kind of like view without attachment so that you can be in the, in the muck of it and still find who you are. Yeah. That was, that was my journey. Yeah, for sure. Dude, this is a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing. And I know you've had you've shared it before. And it's like we have a crazy story in it from our relationship. And we have to repeat the story often when we go on shows. And we we do genuinely thoroughly enjoy that process because something comes up every time. And yeah. we're what six, seven years out of our divorce. Mm -hmm. And we're still pulling back layers and yeah. having breakthroughs. And we're like, holy shit. So thank you for sharing. Sure. One of the things that comes up for me as you explain this and, and the fact that this story comes up and your journey comes up often and recently for me, because I similarly have a, a background where achievement, external achievement was the definition of success that I needed to accumulate in order to feel successful, only to realize that once it was accumulated, once it was achieved, there was another carrot that I had redefined was needed in order to meet that uh, preset definition of success. But as I look back on my life, and I did the same thing with health, um, I thought six pack and being completely shredded and buff was like what I needed to achieve. Um, I did the same thing in our relationship when we were married. And as I look back, there's a level of, you don't know, you know, there's this unconsciousness to the yeah. pursuit of these things. But what we often talk about is the thing behind the thing. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that in relationship often. But I look back on my you know, 20s during this very uh, egoic external approach to accumulation and achievement. And the root of the things that I'm looking for, you know, it's not money as much as it is. Uh, I want to have freedom. I want freedom and money to me was that definition of freedom, even if I wouldn't have been able to, you know, think through that or be able to articulate that. I wanted to be healthy. I just thought that you needed to be shredded to be healthy. You can be healthy in a byproduct is to be shredded, but you can get shredded and not be healthy. And so I think the the deep part of that is health. And so I've given myself a little more grace over the years because there is a deeper part of me that n was nudging me towards something in that realm. I was just 
cut short by maybe it was the tools, the resources, the programming, my lack of general, uh, uh, the ability to think holistically and wonder if there was more. And just wisdom and experience. Yeah. And have you felt that in your recollection and this this integration of the past where there were things that you've maybe redefined or 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 less beat yourself up about as you continue to use this this story and this journey as a as a tool yeah i mean that's beautifully said and and i think that for myself and and i believe just as a part of the game right it's in, in every moment you're asking yourself certain questions at the, at the deepest depth of of this experience and there are multiple multiple layers of stories and belief systems and parallel like structures that are covering what those questions are and meaning the like the why am i here questions right that, that sounds so like coffee cup it's not a coffee cup it's on your t-shirt like why am i who am i right but there really is no other question when you get down to it, it's the it's it is the who who am I? Yeah. <clears throat> so I like to do, Derek Zoolander nails it. Who yeah. am I? Who am I? So now, if you can just understand that there's a who am I, then what you can do when you're experiencing something in your reality that will be it, it's a presentation from your past, right? And if you're like feeling like you know how you can feel like you're in something, like you're in there's something happening here, you're in a loop. There's you're not sure what, but like, why am I feeling this? Why is this happening again? What am I supposed to do here? Right, those moments. Are being attacked by everything. Your thoughts are attacking and therefore reality is attacking. And all your brain and mind is going to do is to show you the reflections of what you are giving your attention the most to, and that is attack. So from the most powerful attachment to your sense of self being the separate character in the game, you're a victim to everything and terrified. Well, now on the other end of that, when you blast out of the personal mind, right? And you enter like even this the soul level, we'll call it, I have just using labels, the soul level, this kind of eternal, infinite beingness of you that still has a subjective I. It still feels like a you, right? It's not the one unified I am. It's there's still a you there, but you know it's also everything else, and it's the same as everything else, and the one is, but it's still kind of experiencing itself um, sub subjectively, and then onto the that unified one awareness, the one experiencer of all things that you are also, and it's kind of in you for you to experience and realize yourself as that. I'm taking the long way around, stick with me. If in every moment you are experiencing something that is helping you or leading you or giving you an opportunity to realize yourself as that, but first you must find out who is giving you this. Mm. So that you can find a different way to view it, a different lens of self-perception that you're going to apply to it. You're going to be something different in this situation that reference, references something a past you has created for you to walk through and something a future you is sending you to see if you are that 
who you who you know yourself to be. So if you can say like, okay, you're always asking yourself, who am I for sure? But when you're experiencing some, ah, man, but when you're experiencing something that is like here and it's like, what is going on? If you can ask yourself, who is this? Mm. Who is this? You have access to the most amazing information ever. And it's asking yourself, which one of me created this? Mm. And what were you so scared of? Hey, friend. If you deal with brain fog, memory lapses, and sluggish thinking, then you need to try Qualia Mind. When it comes to nourishing the brain, Qualia Mind is hands down the best that we've tried. When I take it, I feel less distracted and I notice that I spend less time searching for the right words, whether I'm writing or speaking. This is because Qualia Mind was designed by a team of committed scientists using the most bioavailable ingredients to support the four pillars of cognition, energy, focus, memory, and drive. After only a few days, most people feel more mental energy, deeper mental clarity, attention, and focus. In fact, if you don't have clearer thinking in 100 days, they'll give you your money back. And right now they are giving listeners of the medicine an insane deal. $100 off your first order. To try the best brain fuel on earth, go to neurohacker.com forward slash the medicine. That's neurohacker.com forward slash T-H-E-M-E-D-I-C-I-N to get your first bottle for only $39. Or just check the show notes below for the direct link. Cheers to happy, productive brains and cheers to Qualia Mind. Okay, back to the show. Mm. What were you so scared of? What did what did what did you go through that made you believe something that is the lie to who you are? Mm. But you believed it so much that it created what we'll call a physical manifestation designed to scare you so much that the only way that you get beyond it and transcend it is for you to just have a you have another chance. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And then if you can answer from here, this is not scary. There is no lens of suffering of perception. And you really will move beyond or, or level through, level up through something that would have terrified an old you. And even the worst thing you have ever gone through, there is a you that goes through it on the other side and goes, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because without it, you couldn't realize who you are. Mm-hmm. Constantly viewing it from the same level of self-perception that created it, you'll stay locked in a loop. Yeah. You'll you continue in that pattern. Dude, so good. I, I God love, damn it. This is so good. I love how you explain that. And as you were explaining it, you know, looking back, like, who is this? Which version of me is this? Mm. I got this visual of that I've actually, you know, uh, I've participated in meditation and imagining this. And I imagine myself sitting at a big table with a bunch of seats around the table. And there's a different version of myself sitting in each seat at different ages, experiencing different things, whether they be happy, sad, whatever. And as you're saying this, I'm imagining myself sitting at this table and like interviewing, asking that version of myself that needs love or attention or didn't learn the lesson or wants to to say something, um, just recognizing that version of yourself and letting this version speak and communicate and almost teach you so that you can experience that higher version of yourself. I just absolutely love that. And I've never heard anyone explain it that way. And what you just said was was brilliant. And it's going to actually add another layer to this, which is even... It, so now, like, imagine that room. 
and all of you are there, right? And you're going through and remember that the you, when you're like, who is this? Remember that that you, like, even though you're more aware and you have more of a, like, kind of like an, um, a connection to, to what this is. So a lot of people, myself, as a lot of people, myself, hardcore for the longest time lived in analytical land, meaning like spiritual ego took over quite a bit because I have, I've like an autodidact in this where I've read every, everything you know what i mean like ego gets so good at convincing yourself that it's like awakened that it just spits out the perfect most elegant (laughs) versions of how to bypass the experience (laughs) and so therefore i wouldn't take the action in the world i would then beat myself up for not seeing a change or why does this keep happening like i know too much for this to be happening so spiritual ego is a thing that could come in and keep the people who have really kind of like dove into this and they have this dialogue, even if they've had high conscious experience, like when it comes down to do the thing, it's not something in the world you're doing. It's actually your, your example is is so brilliant. And I just want to like use it if I can, or play off of it, because remember, like as you're sitting in this room and you're seeing all the different versions of you, and finally you're not running from them. Finally, you're not um, judging them. Finally, you're kind of like, you are the one who's going to be there. And you're like, you're saying like, what, Teach me, tell me what is going on with you? Like, why are you creating this for me again? What, what is happening when you realize that at first we have to like in a shadow work exercise similar to you go back and you understand that the version of you that's about to speak from whatever age that they were at, right? From whatever experiencing they are trapped in an endless loop of, right? This is infinity. So the versions of us that experience these things, when we move on from them, they are trapped in an infinity loop, experiencing that every single day in the depths of your unconscious mind. Mm. And it's trying to get freedom. It's trying to get release. It's trying to get something to change. And it still thinks that the change is outside of itself because that is the level of self-perception it had at the time of the event. So it is trying to unconsciously get you as a body to move and navigate towards the things, like it's pulling the puppet strings because it believes that its relief is outside of itself. So it's not until we wake up to realize that that is not true, that we can do exactly what you said, sit him down in a room. Who is this? Who is creating this? And then you will hear, I am. And now remembering that that version of you went to go outside to get validation from a parent or from a teacher, from a relationship, or to bring more money and to feel good, right? Or to to have achievements and goals. And, you know, it's I, I want to be healthy. Don't get me wrong. But I want to be like, I need people to see this. Like, y'all need to know what I'm doing here, right? So that whatever version is doing that, there's a thing that happens where that it's coming from like a less than or a victim story, right? And, And therefore I need to go solve this out in the world. And what is actually looking to happen, I found is when you say the it stops here and we don't go and do that addictive thing anymore, or we don't even allow these words, you know, these things are not true. What you come to find is that that version of you is actually, since it's been looking for a savior in the form of something external, this is the internal work where you get to realize who you are by being the thing that the you that created the thing you're going through was looking for in the moment you're having this conversation with the you that's sitting at that table. Mm -hmm. And you become the source of whatever forgiveness whatever healing, whatever love, whatever validation, whatever experience that you was looking for in the external world, that's the lie of reality. You are the source. So when you can apply the source and give that to the you sitting at that table, there's no break in trust. There's no break in doubt. There's no break in faith. It is from you to you. 
And that means that there's there's no one else to convince. Yeah. There's no one else, right? So when you don't turn your back on the you that, that's on there, then you have a direct connection to healing and resolving that previous version of you. And then you could get them on board knowing that they can trust you now to go forward. And so like where I needed my old man's validation for so long and why doesn't he respect me and why doesn't he care about what I'm doing and all that stuff. So I would go do, do things that made it appear as though like I didn't respect myself to get respect from him. I would go murder my body in a motocross race, pushing myself way further than I ever, ever, ever should have redlining constantly and putting myself in these absolutely beyond, not risky, what's the word? Reckless yeah. situations to try to get love and approval. So I'm trying to get love and approval from an outside source, putting my body through things I would never do if I love myself. So how could, how it can't, it's, you're always going to get who you're being and what you're being. So it wasn't until I was like, what do you want from him? What is it that you want? What do you think it's going to be? And then I listen. And then it's, it's a tough transition sometimes for people who are really attached to the outside. They don't want to let that go. Um, but when you can really be like, no, I'm here. Like I got you. And we're going to, we're going to do this now. It's we're me and you going forward. And then it's just open. Like, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Like I'm here now. So you realize that you are the you that came here to save you. It takes the complete external out of it. And you can really walk through some stuff without that lens of suffering. It's all by design. Uh, th this is so well articulated. And I want to pull a little bit on, because I think it resonates for a lot of people and it surely does for me, this idea of, hey, you don't need external validation. There's a level of l love for oneself where you are able to validate yourself in some capacity, self-love, another one of these crazy buzzwords that's thrown around all the time, which is which is a shame because there's so much value in it and there's there's so much meaning towards it. Yeah. yeah. And it is so challenging for someone even like myself who's who's quite rational and analytical and wants to systematize things. Like, what is the formula for self-love? <laughs> and I, I have felt moments of just like overwhelming gratitude for myself and have made so much progress and to, to say that I'm like, man, I think I'm in a pretty good spot. But I also still have challenge explaining to others and even thinking it myself at times, like I still don't take a compliment well. Um, mm. I even, still, from, even from me. I still don't yeah. like, um, you know, public acknowledgement of something uh, even though I still kind of want to be valued and respected and all these other things, I, uh, but there's a, there's like, what's the steps? What are the steps to self love? And I don't know if it's just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you're worthy, you're handsome, you're yeah. you're worthwhile. I mean, look, as far as affirmations go, I, I don't. There again, there's no good or bad. It's it's just a it's a lens applied. So some people have amazing experiences with affirmations, right? It depends on where you are, who you are, and what you're perceiving the affirmation to be. There's other people who are so in disbelief. Of what they're saying, even though this the the, the yeah. what it what you're saying will say is a more positive thing, closer to the truth of who you are. If you are in disbelief of that, it will create more resistance to it because. And this is what I want to kind of get back on what you were saying, like not taking a compliment well, not wanting to be recognized. Well, I just so, I go, I go, I haven't earned it yet, though. Like, so who? So this is going to be great. Done for you. So this is going to be great. Okay. <laughs> so yes, yes to all those things. Let's say that, again, inside of the personal mind that we're talking about here, right? The personal mind, the you of it all, um, that people are people sometimes humans are like, okay, so here's my negative mind. And I've been in victim mode and self-sabotage mode for a long time. And this is the story that it says. 
these are the events that happened that I am aware of that kind of suggest these things to me. I've been listening to it unconsciously for a very long time. It has created horrible, as perceived by me, patterns in my life, and I don't want to do it anymore. So then what they do is they start to read about and, and self-affirm and self-love what we'll call more positive concepts about the self, but they're still contained in the personal mind. So something you could say is like that which you believe is not something that you know because there's yeah. that room for doubt, right? It's yeah. it's a mind. It's still a separate self that believes it needs to know something that it doesn't know, but it's trying. If you have to put energy towards believing something, it's probably not something that is to the level of unconscious competence yet, where you don't have to put any effort towards believing the thing because you just know it in every cell of your body. Right, right. So if you're going from like, this this is why like it's it's in the journey to find yourself and be free, it's what we would call further up the line of consciousness to go from the negative, I'm a victim and I hate this and why does this keep happening? And if so-and-so would do such and such, then I'd be better like to say like, all right, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm going to understand that it's not the outside world. I get to do some work internally. I get to do like what I call the unconscious critic. It's listening to the the critical mind, writing it down, journaling, listening to what it's saying. Like when you're eating something that you don't like, right? You're you're aware of what you're saying, but you're not attaching your sense of self to it and reacting to it as if it's truth. Right. You're just you can hear the worst things your mind has ever come up with and just be like, huh. That's that is wild. Like you, yeah. you yeah. Oh, no wonder. Like, how is it? <laughs> wow, you're how, creative. Yeah. Well, how could yeah. anything be different in my life when this is what I've been listening to? Right, where they say ego is a a, a terrible uh, servant, but a, or a terrible master, but a wonderful servant. So, like, people who are shifting in the self help, which is awesome. It's like the the third level of self realization. Right, you go from you go from this, you know, this insanity to you know to this uh, victim to the. Um, empowerment phase and empowerment phase is very much where you're like it's very law of attraction me um it's very the personal i is claiming ownership of a power that it has to work with the universe and have it do certain things for it but the universe in this case is still often a separate thing right mm-hmm. so it's it's no we know we listen to abraham hicks like don't let those negative the negative part of the personal mind in so people will start to affirm something positive. But if your identity is still locked in the negative and you're trying to believe something more positive, even though it's closer to the truth, it could create more resistance. So when it comes down to like, yes, more positive affirmations, like I am love, I am free, I am success. That's closer to what you actually know yourself to be without any restrictions from your limited mind at all. When you're just fully in that knowing state, I believe we are all just that connected to it. The difference is we've all been given, and free will is another topic we'll talk about here. Uh, do you know Aaron Abke? Uh, ever heard yeah, of like, he's one of our best, one friends. Of our best friends. Happy to intro, happy to intro you to Aaron. He- we were literally in his wedding. <laughs> so, oh, that's crazy. So yeah, so so free will is something that is a very interesting topic, and uh, I've. I've so we can say that the one thought of free will is that you're allowed to believe that you're not the thing that you actually are. And the second, like similar to like A Course in Miracles, if you're familiar with that, like yep. that, that. So the second, like that you allow yourself to believe that you're not that which you are, a world unfolds and it begins to unfold and show you everything that would be created for you 
in that journey to need to rediscover who you are. But it's also if there's only love or fear in this kind of an example, what is it that you're experiencing that you don't want to experience that a previous version of you is showing you in this moment through like, I can't receive things very well. I don't want to be the center of attention. I haven't earned it yet. So which version of you went through something that created this lens of self-perception in the original thought that says that you were not the ultimate gift of giving and receiving, right? That says that you're not worthy. Who was it that said that? What happened in your life that like kind of came? So now put this in another step. Ego believes in, in the voice that's kind of like using you and your personality and saying like, there's an I, an I am claiming ownership of an idea. Well, what's the idea? I, in this story, am not good at receiving. Why? Because at some point in my life, the I that is saying this felt threatened by receiving. There was a fear to receiving. You were called out. You were made to feel you were ungrateful. You were something, some, there wasn't enough to go around and you spoiled it. There was something that happened in your life that took it from like, thank you, thank you, thank you to like, I want to hide in the corner. Hey friends, I'm changing the subject for just a second to invite you into an act of appreciation. If the Medicine Podcast has added value to your life in any way, maybe bringing more consciousness into your partnership, your spirituality, or the products that you choose to have in your house, we would be so grateful if you could take two minutes to write a review in Apple Podcasts. And because this means so much to us, we will send you some of our favorite products to say a big thank you. Here's what you do. When you write your genuine five-star review in Apple Podcasts, before you push submit, take a screenshot and email that to themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Remember, medicine does not have an E on the end. Themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Along with your name and shipping address, we will then personally send you a special surprise thank you. It could be Real Mushrooms, Organifi, King Coffee, Keon, or even Immune Intel AHCC. It means that much to us. Cheers and love. Like I used to want to go open my Christmas presents in the corner. I didn't want anyone to see me react. I didn't want anyone to see, I wanted to be in my own personal little world bubble where I could just open everything and I'd be really grateful on my own, but I did not want anyone to see that. I, I, yeah, I feel that way. I, I like small birthdays. I like, you know, I think like it low key, which is funny because I also like the stage. I also like to podcast. I like to present. But when it's your choice. But it's when it's my choice. And and I think it comes back to, I don't have a distinct memory of this, but it's receiving with strings attached and that there's, there's Perfect. more. Yeah. Perfect. So now I can't receive because if I do, I'm going to be asked to do so many things. Yeah. So, so now... That's a boundary. So now like these weird things that come out that you wouldn't think are related come out. So like, so why are you, think about this. So why are you not able to receive? Like, do you not like getting things? Like, I love getting things. I love that. Like, it's so great, right? Oh, so what? what is the actual thing that's connected to? What's the fear? Well, anytime I got something, they were like strings attached or guilt or something. So it's a boundaries thing, right? So someone who has really good, clear boundaries and is open to receive and willing to accept and also gives openly and then also has boundaries within themselves to rest and recover. And this is what I can do today. And that's it. Thank you. I love this. Thank you so much for that. Right. When you've broken free from all that I'll do to get or like I feel like I need to do more once you've given. Uh, that's then it. It's it's when the strings are attached, 
the next piece is there's an expectation for me to perform. And yeah. in my definition of success, I have to surpass expectations in order to be successful, have achieved and be deemed by others to be valuable. Right. So there's your loop. So when you listen to this back, you're going to be like, oh, like you, <laughs> you, just, you just described your loop and it has no, nothing to do with an affirmation that says, I am open to receive. I am open because you're not. Mm-hmm. So you're, you in that the you that felt you had to give more or the you that felt you weren't enough and un, you were unworthy to receive. Therefore, the strings attached. Oh, God, follow us. So there's no one doing anything to you. Right. We, we know that it's only you in the room. So what that would mean is that there's no, it wasn't a person that would have, or people that would have been requiring you to do more once you got it. Because you had a lower worth story, not worthy of receiving, you would have needed a person to require more of you than the gift they were giving in order for you to feel valuable or worthy enough to receive it. So since you didn't want to do that, you would rather just say, I don't want to receive anything and I'll keep it like this so that I don't have to do more. Mm-hmm. That'll perpetuate your, I'm not enough victim story. Yep. So yeah. it's learning learning the boundaries of saying like, nope, like it's because I was unable to set boundaries in the past with what I am offering the world. So you right now are offering quite a bit and doing tremendous kind of work. And that what the two of you are putting out um, is is really something so so powerfully awakening to others who are ready to hear it that imagine if the thing blocking that from going where it is ready to go with the you that's doing it at the level that you're here to do it at. Imagine that there's a you that is unworthy mm. of, of, of receiving because it doesn't feel worthy enough on its own. So it has to kind of do more. And, and the fear of doing more, the energy that it takes to do more just to receive what is the equivalent is so much that you're like, I don't want to receive anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, blocks, that blocks you off. Yeah being blocked off to that. Imagine if like the you that is sending you all these things and like you are ready to do this at the most amazing levels imaginable. And there's a you in the the cog of you that is would be preventing it because it doesn't feel valuable to receive on that level. What would the you that's already doing this say to that version of you to get it on board? Mm. I mean, it would say drop that story would it say that it's okay that you have it i understand why yeah yeah think of the difference drop that story is the stop right. it right yeah yeah stop it yeah which is telling the the you that has it that it's wrong and it's sure. bad totally so, totally yeah. yeah so if it's like i understand why you have that there's no way you could have had any other story it's impossible given what you were given for you to have any other story or for you to have reacted or responded in any other way. And I see that now. Yeah. I held you accountable for a lot of shit in my life, but not anymore. Like I'm really grateful that you had to go through what you had to go through, that you felt that way. I'm so, so grateful that you felt that small because because of you, we're going to realize how big we are. Yeah. This is this, this is that space you find you you get you kind of go through the spiral and you get all the way down to the point. And you're at this spot where you can spiritually bypass with all the self-development phrases you want, move on from this, or what I, how I initially responded, which was kind of force, force, maybe guilt it or shame yourself through it, through this obligatory nudge 
And then there's this sweet spot of like acknowledgement while also um, inspirational. And I think that's what's what's coming out here. And so allowing and acceptance yeah. and acknowledgement. So you just, that's it. So now the loops perpetuate themselves and they use the same energy to do it. And it uses whatever it's got to be able to apply that energy. So when we're saying like the you that didn't feel enough to just simply receive, that felt it had to do more, I guarantee you that there was guilt and shame in that process. The outside world was guilting and shaming you for receiving or being you or just whatever it was. And therefore, as we reparent ourselves in this higher conscious experience of who we're being, even at this state, there was a part of you that was like, drop it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Which is, is yeah. the, that part of you that's ready to be released because we're aware of it now. So now it's got no choice. Yeah. So that part of you that was maybe unconsciously doing that over and over. So imagine just the, this version of you that feels kind of small and doesn't want to receive and feels like it needs to be big, but like also is fighting how big it wants to be like small poppy syndrome in the, in Australia, like, right? Like big, but I'm going to get cut down. Yeah. I want to grow so big, but I'm going to get cut down. So I'll just stay small. So like this, this is the fight. And so like when we get really, really big or when we have this thing that we want to be, the thing that's protecting us from whatever the threat is to being big is guilt and shame. And it just cuts us back down. And that's how maybe there was some aspect of like guidance or parenting or friends or whatever. That was the loop they used. Keep you in your place and you better be grateful, whatever it is. So now you are the one who came here to save you from that by showing the version of you who has that, that it's okay that he's got it. And you completely understand why. And we don't do that anymore, but like, come with me. Let me show you what freedom is because it's not what you think. Yeah. And that conversation is the freedom that version of you was looking for, I promise. And really doing that in a session, like on your own or like what, it can, it can change the game. And then what will happen is you're going to be like, oh my God, this is going to change the game. And then you'll feel it start to come in again. Right. Like it's just, <laughs> yep. it's just like, yes, this is it. This is it. And then no, 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 no. It'll just be a different flavor. Yeah. The past will try to come in. So like when you come up with the affirmation is there is no variation of this guilt or shame or fear in any way, shape or form that will ever affect me again from living my fullest and highest self period. None, yeah. nothing you can throw at me. Yeah. And then all of the versions have no choice, but to be like, yeah, we can't fuck with that. So yeah. we're going <laughs> to do this. Can you this say that again? One more oh, time and no, I can't. A little... Because I have no idea what I said. I'll try to reiterate and see if I was actually like listening. It's just that you you're you're basically like channeling, and so your your mouth can barely move as quickly as your mind wants it to. And yeah. so I want I really want to pin this here for the listener, however. You said there is no variation or form of guilt, shame, or judgment now or ever that will ever have any impact on me. On <laughs> yeah, you just, from uh, here you or on now me, on. on my experience, yeah. on my ability to be my highest and fullest self yes. at any point in my journey ever again, ever. Like yeah. now, ego can do whatever it wants, and you're just you have now created a blanket statement. That is, it's just so overwhelmingly compelling to the personal mind that you will no longer attach to anything that says positive or negative about you. There's no attachment to anything in that. And then once you're free from that, you blast into the universal mind of like truth, where you kind of really get to re-experience who you are 
Um, and, and you can listen to and hear all of the story, the positive, the negative, but like you're in the audience and you're just like, whoa. So from that vantage point or perspective of the higher self, like I said, like any, none of these things that I say, or like anyone who's saying like, we don't own it. And that's the beautiful thing. There's no me that wants to take credit for a single word that's being said. Clearly. Um, Whereas the old me used to only want that, you know what I mean? Um, but, but there are certain truths that we all have access to that when we hear them, it's just unbelievable. And the higher you kind of go and know it for yourself, it is the simple things that resonate. And they were there the whole time. Like I, I, I came come out like a, like a meditation experience. And then I come out and I'm like, that was the most profound introduction to myself that I've ever had. I heard every story positive and negative from every part of my life that I've forgotten, you know, that I was like dwelling on everything. I heard it all, but I heard it from like, this different place where I knew it was all okay. I knew it was by design. There wasn't one second out of place, even though the whole time I thought it was like from this place, looking down at that conscious experience on the stage of reality on earth, I knew everything was perfect. And then I come back down from that and I see like a t-shirt that says like, be here now. And I'm like, that's it. That's (laughs) it. It's like the simplest things, right? Like be here, breathe. And I'm like, you, you just have to breathe. Like it just, it makes so much sense when you're connected to it yeah. that in its most simple form. But it's if there's any part of the old story that can get in, it'll prevent you from feeling it. And that's where we'll live in that spiritual bypassing yeah. mind, the analytical mind that's like, yes, be here now, but like you don't feel it. Yeah. Your or the judgmental not- or the judgmental place. I experience this all the time. I'll be having a great conversation or in meditation or reading a book that's blowing my mind and it's just hitting. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. I believe this. I'm experiencing it. How have I never had these thoughts before? This is so amazing. And then the next day, you know, something happens where I'm all of a sudden like out of it and I have to remind myself over and over and over of the thing that I was so deeply in and feeling the day before now feels so distant. And I have to reteach myself these truisms. And I can get in sort of a very judgmental place of like, Dude, girl, how do you not know this? Like, how are you not so just overwhelmingly grateful for everything that your body does for you? How are you still in this judgmental place where you have to coach yourself through these harsh things that you say about yourself? You know this shit. And I get in, I'm almost like judging myself for having to coach myself. And right. I, it's so like, even in my explaining, you can, you can see how maddening it is. And, and, you know, I have this, I have this illusion that people who come to these realizations just have it and they, they're good from there. And there just must be something wrong with me that I have to continually tell myself these things. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So, so growing up, would you say that there was a, a big comparison model in your life? Like where, would you say like there was a big aspect or, or, or kind of like storyline in your life where, where your value or worth came from comparing it to, to like others to. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I'm the youngest of four siblings. So I have three older siblings and just constantly, you know, looking at my older sisters and comparing or wanting to be role model. And then, you know, I was sort of singled out in certain ways in my family um, by my parents. And so then there was that like comparison early, very early on, you know, I'm talking first, second grade, probably. So when you're when you're real young and you have siblings, I mean this it doesn't matter if you have siblings or not you'll it, it will find a way to do this with you but 
when you have a family and you have siblings, especially you're the youngest. Yes. And then there was a 10 year gap. And then my parents had two more kids, but I identify as the youngest child. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I get that. I really, really do. Um, so now imagine like, again, pers- not who you are, who is kind of observing this whole thing, but the you that you thought you were at the time, mm-hmm. ego you, right? Mm-hmm. Is its job is to try to keep you safe. It's tried to, it's to try to get you. And what is safe? Like Love. for some people safe, right? love and i like there, there's some kind of a connection that we're looking for from the people that we believe were put here to show us that in the first paradigm again this is where like if you get to the some of the stuff that happens to us when we're kids you really do have to like if you dive into it in the depths of the story and ego in this reality like you'll get lost mm-hmm. and it's designed to do that you really have to do cover some you have to cover some of these things with a this is by design even if there's a component of it that i couldn't possibly fathom thinking is by design like that too mm. it's it's all of these things whereas like if you start to do the single doubt where it's like well not that not that one not that thing then it's just the whole who gets to decide what is and what isn't right. so if we're like okay some things are absolutely by design i have so many examples of so many amazing things that at the time i didn't think they possibly could be and then hindsight being 2020 i have found that like whoa that was wild. That so amazing that that thing that was, I would say at the time was the worst thing ever. I found perspective and now I wouldn't even have this or wouldn't be able to do this or be this without it. Thank goodness for that. This must be by design. So if there's something new that comes up or if I'm going backwards in my personal story and I'm like, no, not that I can't reconcile that. Like that's a trap. So it's, I kind of like to say, if you can do your best to have such a degree of trust and blanket statement of it's by design, then you can live in hindsight is 2020 in the moment you're in and you get to bypass all of the needing to go through a simulation in reality to get to the point where you find clarity, right? Sometimes you have to suffer and struggle to get to the point where you wake up and let go of the thing or redefine the thing or reframe the thing and then say like, oh, that that message was there the whole time. Like there's a message there the whole time. So if you can live in hindsight's 2020, looking back, you'll be more free in your mind or in your space to accept the part that I'm about to say. And that is that when you're the youngest in a situation, you have siblings, the personal mind story of you that doesn't know that it's safe and believes. And at this point in the story, it does rely on others, right? It does. In, in the beginning of the game, we do. We're helpless little kids. We're just sitting there, right? And if you notice, what we're doing is we're trying to find a role. So everyone is going to try to find a role that is best suited to get what they think they need to maintain their survival. Yeah. And so if you are the last of the four in this scenario, then three of the potential roles have already been taken, right? Maybe there's the athlete, maybe there's the scholar, maybe there's the goody two shoes, maybe there's the reckless badass. Maybe there's someone that is like, I was like, okay, so my one sister is an artist and my other sister is an athlete and I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to be the worst person ever i'm gonna go you literally nailed my sisters one was an uh, an artist type one (laughs) was the athlete you know that's that you just nailed that so i'm going to do the exact i'm gonna find funny one i was the comedian i I will be goofy and do weird things to like get get laughs and get attention and and sort of get love through the acknowledgement of oh megan's funny Hey homies, so there's no denying it. 
Today's superfood market has become completely saturated with all different types of green juice powders. But here's a little secret for you. Most of them contain 30 or more different ingredients, which kind of sounds like a good thing, right? But with this many, it turns out to be only a little fairy dusting sprinkle of each ingredient. Let's think about this. If the serving size is about a tablespoon of powder, a green juice with fewer ingredients will have a higher dose of each one. That is one of the many reasons I choose the OGJ, that is Organifi Green Juice. Organifi has specifically handpicked 11 potent superfoods like their heavy hitter ashwagandha. You get a full clinical dose of this powerful adaptogen in every scoop of Organifi green juice. Ashwagandha has been proven to greatly support the body in its response to stress. I know I need that basically every day. And all Organifi products are USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, and glyphosate residue free. That's a big one. My favorite way to drink the OGJ is blending it into cold water with a splash of almond milk and ice. It's like a liquid green cupcake. To try Organifi's flagship green juice or any of their other superfood blends, head to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT for an extra 15% off. Enjoy my loves. Right. So the, so that's, so the Joker mask which is that's what that is. It's one of the masks that we wear. The the Joker mask is that which will define yourself as somebody who can provide levity, somebody who is, you know, amazing. But follow this too, because it's going to make sense to what you just said before. The Joker mask, when you realize your value and your worth is completely predicated on your ability to be funny and to be in a good mood and to make other people laugh and to be the star of the show always and all the time and to never be off and to always make sure that you can keep everything hat like everything's light and airy because I'm the Joker. I'm funny. I'll crack a joke at any time you will almost never give yourself permission to be any other way because it's a threat to your survival. It's a threat to your acceptance. It's an accept to you receiving love. So therefore, the judgment model loop will come in hard because anytime you try to allow yourself to feel anything that is human, you will tell yourself not to do that or you should know better. Or what's your problem? Don't you have this licked already? Like, but, And then you'll actually, it'll turn, you'll turn on yourself. And so like the, the, the Joker mask is a tricky one because... It, it is pers- the world would not know you were struggling or suffering or going through anything. They can't because it's a threat to you. So many, many of that experience, I did it myself. Like we suffer in silence before we wake up to these truths. Right. And then, so when you just realized that all that was happening was if your role is, what would you say the biggest, like if you have shame, you have guilt, you have judgment, you have like fear is, is the construct of all of it. But like, what would you say the main one for you is? Is it judgment? Like comparing you against your sisters, comparing you against like friends or like this parent against that? Is it a judgment thing? It's a fear of being perceived or viewed as incompetent and un, uh, in, in, um, unable to do the thing, whatever that is. Whatever the thing in question is, is like, oh, you don't actually know what you're doing. You're totally incompetent. Um, that sort of feeling. Can you remember if you could go back as far in your timeline, can you remember or do you have access to what maybe one of the first times that ever happened was? Like if, if ego is timestamped and memory is timestamped in a personal story, there's going to be a time that was like the first time. And when ego experiences that, 
fear level or that embarrassment or that thing, it stamps it. It's it's a timestamp in your in your personal mind. And we'll say that's not good. People don't like like this or we have to know it all or we have to consume all of this information. We can never not know something. We can never not feel like this again. So we're going to avoid scenarios where that might be the case. Or we're just going to judge and compare or feel judged by and live in that loop. And we push it down and try to like, again, joke maybe our way out of it. Can you remember a time like maybe school, not picked on the playground, you were called for an answer, raised your hand, you got it wrong, like something? Yeah. Um, uh, I, it's weird because there's so many like things that are like bleeding and blending together yeah. from childhood. But it was really just like a it was a it was a call out from my dad at a very young age, one-on-one. -on -one. He was doing his best at the time, but basically sat me down and had a conversation with me. Um, and through this conversation, what I on the receiving end of it, I just felt so unloved, unworthy, and just like sort of on my own to figure it out. Yeah. Without any yeah, help. Yeah. And so it was like, if I don't figure it out, I'm not lovable, obviously. Now, do you believe we're going to Byron Katie this? Do you, do you believe that's true? No, definitely not. <laughs> not now. But for most of my life, I definitely did. So do you? how do you feel you show up in the world now knowing consciously that that's not true? Do you still see evidence of it in your reality? Do you still see evidence where that that version of you that sat down at that table and had the conversation with your father, is there any part of her that is still trying to get your attention? Um, there's whispers of it and probably the fact that it, it still elicits a lot of emotion in me. That's it's where probably I'm, right. a hint that it's not completely resolved or 100% in my rear view mirror to where it doesn't affect me, at least on a subconscious level. Does it affect my day to day? No, I don't feel like it does. Um, but just the fact that when I speak about it, sometimes it still elicits emotion. Obviously, it still has some level of grip on my uh, subconscious. Have you ever kind of like gone back and tried to tried to talk to her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this was actually a realization um, I had in meditation before I even know that this was knew that this was a thing that you should do with your like, you know, inner child, I guess, um, was just deep in meditation and went back to that moment, that conversation with my dad and stood above it as myself today and just like watched my little self and watched my dad doing the best he could at the time, which was way off of what should have happened, but he was doing his best. He thought he was doing what he knew to, to be love. And I, you know, grabbed my hand, my little girl hand and was like, I'm here to help you now. And he's doing his best. Don't listen to what he has to say. Um, I'm going to get you through this. And this is actually going to be something that you learn to alchemize and, and actually learn to help other people in the future. And so I like, you know, held my hand and walked off with my little self. So I have done that. Um, yeah, that sounds excellent. Yeah. I, couldn't, I don't think I could have said that any better. I know I couldn't have. So, so with the two of you were doing this, mm -hmm. right. And, uh, and you have a mission and you have a message. Is there anything that, because this is interesting too, with the two of you, and we both went over the two different things that are like would be hovering, right? As far as like a potential to whatever. Is there anything that you guys are working on or going through now collectively that seems to be a block? 
that would be using both of those things to try to get you to move beyond or, or transcend? Is there like a theme, any kind of a theme? There's a consistent theme and I'm just like so transparent. Um, uh, yeah. I have a full-blown career and have had for you know quite some time where I'm sunsetting quite a few attributes of this career. Some of the projects that are included, some of them are brutal to sunset. I've been very involved. I love them dearly. You're talking about something completely separate than the experience that we're, we were talking about though, just for yes, the listeners. Yes, like- yes totally. But in in the dynamic of the relationship, um, what started this this business that we have, this podcast, we've got products. Uh, it's so much of our passion is to be in this space, having these types of conversations um, that I think the allocation of time, energy, resources for me has been very fractional. And we've had co- long conversations around like, hey, what does this look like to just give a stab at this version of us in a very full, complete, dedicated, intentional way? Um, and I think we're kind of on the cusp of that in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. But it's been yeah. it's been in the conversation in both of our minds for quite some time. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I think that's it, it's spot on for sure. I wasn't even thinking of that. I wasn't even, uh, but just to provide a little context, it's like Chase, you know, has his job, his salary job, and then we have our business together. And since, you know, we've been back together in part two for the last four years, we've been sort of building this business, but it's, it's my full-time thing. And Chase has been able to like add to it, um, as he can. And, Um, I think that there's been this fear of both of us, like if we just dive both of us headfirst into this thing, will our combined efforts be enough to support the life and the lifestyle in the future that we want to build together? Will it be enough? Am I saying that Mm -hmm. correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I would say personally for me, um, is there any, you, your question was, is there any sort of block in the world? Um, I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's like one block that I can point to or put my finger on. It's a, it's a sort of imposter syndrome, sort of just like a, a diluted kind of flavor across different aspects of my my life and my being that that I constantly have to remind myself like no you are worthy you are this you are capable you are this sort of the affirmation but there might be one percent or two percent of me that still doesn't believe it that might be connected back to my that third grade version of myself that is you know having the tears now right is there is there a little bit of like what if we're wrong yeah oh oh yeah oh my god yeah yes you yes quote that i've thought that a million so what would it so this is going to tie in also but like what would it mean if you were wrong if i was wrong have you ever have you ever allowed yourself to consider without the emotional charge of the fear of what it would imply what if you're wrong yeah yeah that makes sense yeah so go yeah, ahead, go yeah, ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's like, I, I I like to think of myself with a very open mind and I like to, you know, have openness and like, yeah, prove me wrong. But I don't know if I actually, you know, really believe that. Now listen to that. Similar to drop it. Prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. When you realize there's no one else but you. Yeah. Changes. It changes. When pr- prove me wrong is like, like who? 
who was who would be proving who wrong because the highest version of you yeah. doing what you are here to do it's it's not a right or a wrong it's just simply being done yeah so so now you have the you that knows that you can which is the you by the way both of you that is kind of trending you in this direction if there wasn't a knowing you wouldn't be following this type of a path mm-hmm. now that knowing is kind of also accompanied by years and maybe lifetimes of what you would call the the doubter right which again we're allowed to believe that we're not that right the that in you is already doing it and expressing whatever this turns into from that place for both of you because that's that's who you are and it's in you so that's happening in a reality somewhere and that version of you doesn't have any of these the doubts or the prove or the prove me wrong or the what if we're wrong but i would say that the one thing that can allow you to shift if you choose into that reality where those things start to kind of go would be so i speak with a lot of people who um would have like what you might call like relationship scenarios where so there's a a, a human here and then there's another human and they want to break out of that experience right they think they're being led to something else and it's got to be somebody else it can't be this person you know in these situations sometimes where it's like you break out you break apart and then each person goes on their own journey and then they find themselves and then they come back together and it's like oh like like here you are you just had to shed all this other craziness uh, and then we found each other again, right? Like that's an option. Another, but to a person who is so attached to their old story and to the story of the other person, that fear that it could be the person that they're with, again, is so terrifying to the person who doesn't trust that all they really want is to be happy and to be free and to be open. So if the version of that person that you are like, it can't be that person, it can't be that person. Just this is going to make sense, I promise, even though it doesn't sound related. It can't be that person. It can't be that option. I am saying that I know better and it can't be that option. Then there's no way that we could move towards the option that we're trying to say that it is from a place of love and acceptance and knowing and faith. It will always be propelled by fear of it can't be this option. Right. So if you can just be like, okay, what's your biggest fear in this? And you're like, what if we're wrong? What if we are wrong? And what if we are just, we have no, we're not the people. What if we're not the people? Like um, everything that you, you're positively affirming away, like, what if you just wrote that shit down and you're like, what if we are wrong? And this is an absolute dumpster fire and we <laughs> are laughed at by everyone. And everyone finally, like, there was a big kink in our armor. We're, we have no idea what it is yet, but. Somebody's going to point it out and we're going to find out. And this is going to be, it's going to be on the news. It's going to be on, I don't know, global internet news that you guys suck. And that, like, what if that we're just going to write that out and you're going to look at it. If you can look at that and at some point with all of your fears combined, because I promise you they're playing off of each other. You guys are doing this together consciously and unconsciously for a very, very particular powerful reason. And it's not just like a you or a you. It is, there's that, but there is also a you that's happening here and you're playing off of each other in probably a really beautiful way. But it's it's not until you can be like, all right, why are we not wanting to do this? Oh, like, I don't like to receive and I don't want to be the star of the show and I don't want to be on the big stage, but I'm also like starting a podcast that I want to go to every single human being on earth because I love the message and I feel so powerfully aligned with it and so strong. So how can I want to reach millions of people and then not receive yeah. and want to stay small? And then you're like, okay, I have this huge judgment thing where like I kind of was made to feel like I was an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about by a person who's supposed to love me the 
most. I get it. They were just doing their best, but like, oh my God, that was the worst third grade ever. Like, what what are we supposed to do? And so now how can someone who is spearheading the message, right, have have any part of them that they are fearing could be wrong? Yeah. And then the person who is like bouncing in and out with this other job that is safety and security and all that stuff. And it's amazing, but I'll pop in here when I can, because I don't want to be like, oh, like I have to be in order for us to do this thing. Like it makes perfect sense that this is happening. So when you can both write out your things and it's not fear that is causing you to do the thing that you're doing, but absolutely looking at the things that terrify you and be like, I've considered it. It's possible. It's It could even be likely. I could give a shit. Um, we're going to go forward without the fear being the reason we're doing or not doing what we're doing. It's a game changer to look at the things that you're terrified the most of and it analytically overcoming in your minds. Look, we've done this already. We analytic, we got this. We've uh, oh, we're affirming that we are not scared of it. Nope. It's when you, when it is not a fearful thing, like I could be wrong. I, I, I say all on the show, all the, on my show all the time. I'm like, Listen, I feel really, really confident about all of the things that I'm saying. I dare to say that for myself, I know. Mm-hmm. But I could wake up tomorrow and find out that everything I'm saying is a crock of shit. I don't know. I have no idea. And I don't claim to know beyond right now what I know for myself. I am going to kind of postulate that I think everyone has access to the same level of knowing beyond your limitation, but I can't know. Yeah. But this is so I'm okay waking up tomorrow and being completely wrong. As long as the thing that's telling me I'm wrong is access to a higher truth that I wasn't aware of yet, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. So I'll speak from that place to the best that I can until something else kind of shifts, but it's not going to be fear or doubt that does it. And it's not going to be shame and, and and judgment, not a chance. That's some old, sh- and it's coming out like right for you both to be like, Hey, let's write out everything that we're scared of and the worst scenarios ever. Mm. But like, and look at it, knowing that the only reason that they even exist is because there was a moment in time where we were allowed to believe that we aren't the thing that we actually are. And whatever emotional state that that took in the human of you, it's playing out simulations for you to wake up to who you are. And you prove that by looking at the thing that you were the most terrified of and being like, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. We've got this. Do we do this or not? Like, it's still a choice. And that level of clarity can boost you into the next dimension, if you will. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, that was so awesome. We literally asked you like one question for the entire <laughs> podcast. Yeah. And I, I, we didn't obviously get to anything else, but it was Darn. obviously yeah. it's all perfect. It's so perfect. And the listener basically just witnessed you taking us through like a personal coaching sort yeah, of session yeah, that I, I was not even prepared for and didn't know was going to happen and y'all listening like we didn't set up like hey take us through a coaching session you know <laughs> and the the way that you were able to identify chase's fear my fear and then our fear yeah. connected to what our actual purpose is that i know to be true i know yeah. up here i know to be true that we have this purpose together and that it is on us to create it from a place of love from a place of mission and purpose and drive and just mm, depth of love for each other and what we want to share the way that you were able to weave that together is just 
I, it's just incredible. And I, I just, you know, is it was, it was a, a gift. And I, we have some homework now. Got some homework. Absolutely want to get you back on because there's so many more oh, parts, uh, yeah. to, to talk through. Um, where, before we sign off, can people find more of you? Obviously, you got your podcast. Um, yep. Sounds like you, you may work with people directly or ha- uh, facilitate those types of um, sessions or events. Uh, where, can, where can we find more of Pat? Yep. Um, I host uh, the podcast. It's called Like Attracts Like Podcast, and it's anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, the website is likeattractslikeevolution.com, and that has the links for any of the one-on-one, like the mentorships that I do, the program, single sessions, um, and also uh, a lot of free content and resources also uh, that talk about this process. So it's one of those things where you know we only have the moment we're in, but it appears as though it's a process, right? And it's only a process because your mind is kind of going back and forth. So I have uh, kind of like free master classes and 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 things on there that people can access on the website to to talk them or walk them through this self-realization process. And that's uh on the website, uh Pat Mahan underscore on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and all those places also. Yeah. And obviously we'll have the all those links in the show notes, you guys. Before we go, we have one last question. The medicine podcast is all about leaning into the real medicines that connect us to a more conscious relationship with self, with the divine, with food, with everything in our life. What for you currently feels like medicine? Hmm. If I can be honest to to the best that I can kind of like feel that question, the, the medicine for me has been, and it's really just a similar answer. It's been being able to sit with all of the narratives, all of the voices from every version of me, from this observer point of view, and knowing that 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 there's no truth to any of the things that have that I lived my life from for so long that that created so much of the you know the the chaos and and the unwanted experiences that all of those things were by design as I observed those voices like and the ability to do that and rest on that internal experience is and I've been on a lot of different medicines. It, it is the, the the closest, most amazing thing to being connected to the, the unified self that I've found is being able to know that this is an internal experience um, that that you can observe any of these aspects of yourself from any point of view and find all of the things that you're looking for within yourself. But when you know that to be true, I, I can't find anything that's come close to it. Mm. Mm, beautiful. So good. Pat Mahan. You are a gift. Thank you for your work and for sharing with us and our listeners. We have so appreciated you today. Love you guys so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah. Love it. All right, you guys check the show notes for all the links and we'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay. Bye. Hey friend. Thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.